Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for some Living Hope, a weekly journey designed to provide hope, inspiration, and education for those dealing with pancreatic cancer. Sharing the real-life stories of those dealing with this deadly disease and how they deal with it on a daily basis. Welcome, if you will, our host who's been dealing with it a bit longer than most here, Roberta Luna. Hello there. You surprised me a little bit. You had a little different music this morning. I did. I was... I think I played the wrong theme song, it's but that's okay. okay. It's, a, it's a rainy day. We need rainy a little, day. It's yeah, a little so different cool. take on things here. Yeah. So I, we, we need that little sunshine <laughs> music, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, but it goes to, I, I wanted to go into something today that maybe I'm going to get off the trails here and everybody's saying, knock it off. But I think too many of us are, sooner or later we're asked to choose between facts and feelings. The fact is you shouldn't do this. Or the fact is... They say you're going to die, or the fact is, this is this. we're confronted with things. People say, "Well, that's a fact," and then you say, "I don't know if I really feel that. I don't know if I really accept that. I don't know if I really believe that." And so, and then that starts to permeate down. Well, I, as as uh, first thing you got to do is you got to stop drinking diet uh, Dr Pepper. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do that. I don't know if that has things. Well, the facts are somebody will say this and somebody else say, well, nah, that has nothing to do with it. And now we're into this confusion where facts sort of, there's different facts and different opinions. And it's not a fact anymore, it's an opinion. And in that world, it all comes down to how do you feel? And you talk about it all the time. You know, you did some alternative things. Others might say that's crazy, that's wacky, that absolutely did nothing to it. But you had doctors that were willing to support it because it's your life. And you get to decide, don't just tell me the facts. You have to somehow believe them, accept them, want to follow them. Let's talk about it. Let's dive in. Because I think that's a whole structure, a bigger conversation today. We won't go into politics and everything else. But it does hit everything in our life. I'm not sure that we believe the facts anymore. It always comes down to our feelings. How did you feel when this first got your diagnosis and people started telling you what you had to do? Well, I said everybody tells you what you need to do. Most of them don't have the experience. But... I remember just from, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, when we put our doctors on a pedestal. And Absolutely. If they told us, take two aspirins and call me in the morning. Stand in your head, you do it. <laughs> and we did that without asking any questions. So I think we're kind of in a new area now where, at least for me, I mean, I'm sure my doctors are tired of it, but I ask questions all the time. They can tell me to do something, and I, I always ask them, why am I doing this, or why do you want me to, to do it? And, and what if they tell you to do something, and you say, that doesn't feel like me. That doesn't feel like something I believe. That doesn't feel right. And you say no. And they're pretty much used to that now. <laughs> In the beginning, it was, you know, I think we, we butted heads quite a bit. Roberta, do you have a medical degree? Have you been through this before? Um, actually, yes. I have an honorary medical I degree. I I've been told. I've been given an honorary one. But no, it's just that, you know, it's it came. And I don't know when this change came to start asking questions. Probably when my dad was diagnosed, just wanting to know all the information I could to make a, a good decision on what we needed to do. So here's my point, though, and I don't disagree with sooner or later, you can't just blindly follow what the experts say. You've got to do your own research. You've got to ask for second opinions. And in the end, you got to decide, am I really willing to do this or not? Do I really believe this or not? And sometimes that can be taken to silly examples. And I'll give you two of them. We were talking off uh, thing here. My wife, I don't think I'm saying anything out of school that she would admit she were here, uh, suffers from high blood pressure. And so she has to take these rather strong pills. She has an aversion to pills. I hate pills. I don't like pills. I don't, I don't believe. I'm not sure they've all been tested. I'm not sure there aren't side effects and everything else. 
I only take a pill as an absolute final resort. And they're like, well, this is a final resort. Your blood pressure is way up here, and it better come down to here, or you're going to have a stroke. That's a fact. And it's not that she doesn't believe it, but I don't feel anything. I don't feel bad. I, I've had this for years. Maybe I wish this way I am. I can live with this. And I don't know if I feel good about your pills. And I don't know if that's the pill that's going to do it and or it's going to have other side effects. So she has a tendency to hesitate and take the pill when she feels like it. And it drives her doctor nuts. Her doctor says, this isn't a choice. I'm telling you a fact. And she goes, Okay, fact versus feelings. That's your fact, and I'm not disputing it, but I don't know if I accept it, and if I don't believe it, I don't know if there aren't other facts, you know. And she'll say stuff like, well, like eggs. You know, am I supposed to eat eggs or not eggs? Somebody says eating eggs are bad. Somebody else says eating eggs are good. You know, we're so confused by conflicting facts that I don't think we even, I don't think that's the first thing we think about it. The first thing we think about is how does this feel? What do you think? How do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a lot because, unfortunately, I mean, like, you know, with your wife's situation, I totally get it, you know, not wanting to take pills, pills. and medication. Totally anti-pills. But, you know. And I don't know where that comes from except we've she's lost faith in doctors and pills. Well, because everything you take, you have to consider, too, there's going to be a side effect to what you take. Yeah. So you kind of have to weigh that side effect. They list them at the bottom of the bottle and scare the hell out of you. Right, yeah. and even listen to some of the commercials on TV. It makes me wonder. I'm not sure I want to take that drug myself, but, yeah. you know, you kind of have to weigh. My favorite is when they say, and don't take this if you might be allergic to. <laughs> well, how do I know if I'm allergic till I take it, you know? <laughs> Good warning. Oh, you shouldn't have. Oh, you should have known you were allergic to this pill and it was going to kill you. Yeah. yeah I think you kind of, I, I mean, if I would have taken the facts when I was first diagnosed and told to go home and put my house in order, then That's a fact. we wouldn't be sitting here right now. Right. But the decision that I made was to, to do more research, to look into different things and to find out. Yes, everything has a side effect, but what's the worst worst of the side effects or death? And at that point, you know, I, I wanted to live, so I was going to do whatever it was it took. So you become, in the end, the final word in your own healthcare. I'm not saying I'm an old hippie. I like that, you know, charge of my own destiny, charge of my own life. But at some point, should I be driving the bus? Because maybe I don't know enough. Maybe I maybe I have certain biases or fears that won't let me face facts or do things. I'll give you the other example. Okay. I rarely go to a doctor, rarely, because I'm afraid they're going to find something. <laughs> and as long as I don't go, then I don't know or I don't have it. It's the same reason I don't take my car in to get service. Somehow they just seem to find something wrong every time I go in there. And once they open it up, more things happen. And it's a, a surgery. I'd be very hesitant to get a surgery. And that's silly. I know that's stupid, but somehow they get in there and something else happens and they nick something or it leads to something else. So, they find. so my answer is what? Just ignore it? That's I don't think I do. you can be an ostrich. I mean, that's being an ostrich, sticking your <laughs> head do. in the sand, right, and pretending. I mean, for me, and, and not everybody can, you know, work that way, but I have to know everything that I have to face, everything out there. But that doesn't mean I have to dwell on it all the time. I just right. need to know what it is that could happen, what I need to do to try to make it not happen and do the best I can. And a lot of it is based on feelings. I mean, I, I take the facts. I take what my doctors say. I research things on my own. I've learned how to do that, not just necessarily take what they're telling me. Like I said, in the old days, it was take two aspirins and call me in the morning. Right. I don't do that anymore. I My doctors are probably so fed up with me because I question them. If he tells me, you know, that something is blue, I'm going to say, why is it blue or why is, you know, yeah. I question it till he can finally come up with an answer or direct me in the right way. So when did we know. lose faith? This is a broader question about the world that we live in today, but I think it's true, whether it's politicians or a priest, I'm a Catholic, or whether it's doctors. 
that one time we just accept, well, they know. That's, they're in charge. They're, they've been doing this all. They're the expert, right? And we tended to, tended to bow to them. We tended to listen to them. And we just suppressed our own doubts. Now, so what if you tell me, I'm going to go get three more doctor's opinions. I'm going to listen to three more people. I'm going to, what about this? I read this on the internet. Well, that's crazy. Well, I don't know, but this person doesn't sound crazy. So when did we become the final judge of all these things? I know it's your body and I know it's your life. So I guess it should be you, but are we qualified to make all those decisions? Well, I think you have to take, you know, what your doctor is telling you. You have to listen to that, but also for myself, it is. Yeah, I, I'm going to decide what it is that I want to do and what I think I can do by listening to what they tell me, but also by doing my own research. Because I think maybe this is why is when I was first diagnosed or even when my dad was diagnosed, there was no hope out there. Nobody, no. we were told nobody survives. So 95%, you're, you're that's the fact. That was the statistic floated around. Now it's up to what? 90%. Well, now we have, yeah, it's a 13% will survive the five years or more. Still pretty so, small, pretty yeah, bleak. Still, but it's it's improved when I was diagnosed, it was 4%. Right. So, you know, it has improved. But I think maybe because, for me, maybe because doctors didn't know a lot or there was not a lot of good information out there is why I chose to search and, and question everything that I was being told because it seemed like a lot of the doctors I was dealing with didn't know any more than I did. So it was just something I took upon myself so that I couldn't, blame them necessarily and maybe it wasn't really mistrust it was just the fact that i felt they didn't have any more information than i did and i just needed more information to know what i was facing and how to deal with it the well, best today way. i'm trying to be a bomb thrower i'm trying to <laughs> question that whole commonly accepted theory that ultimately you do what you you've said it many times do what feels good for you it's up to you to decide uh how much science to accept it let's talk about alternatives for example you know we've both tried alternative treatments. You've talked about a lot of them, whether it's diet or other sorts of things uh, you took or tried or yoga or other acupressure, acupuncture, you know, tribal medicine. I don't know, whatever. There's all sorts of theories floating around on positive imaging, mind, body. If, if you can conquer it in your brain, then somehow that conquers it in your, in your body here. Everybody seems to be coming up with their own kind of mixture, hodgepodge of fact and feelings of proven facts and things I'm willing to have faith in or try or experiment with. How do I come up with my own little cocktail mixture between fact and unproven, between proven and unproven? Unfortunately, I think that's something is so an individual question and answer to that, that there is no right one, I think, or whatever you decide is right for you. So um, I think you just have to take everything into consideration. Do your research. Be careful what you research, though. Make sure you're going to sources that, you know, have been proven to be coming up with the right information. It's my uncle. It's my friend. It's my cousin. I would kind of stay away from that. And just, like I said, there's so many, especially if you're dealing with, you know, pancreatic cancer, there's so many nonprofits out there that have done great jobs. I mean, we talk right. about them all the time. PanCan, Hirschberg, Let's Win that have done a lot of, you know, they're the experts I think that you'd need to go to, those people to find out. But do we trust answers. any experts anymore or do we immediately go doubt? Okay, maybe, I'll put that in the mix. Maybe, I'll put that in the maybe column here. But that maybe column might be filled with all sorts of others. I, I give you a, a, a perfectly a stronger example. So not pancreatic cancer, but Steve Jobs, famous Steve Jobs, got some kind of cancer, I forgot what. I don't think pancreatic. It was, it was pancreatic? Yeah, cancer? it was. Neuroendocrine, okay. yes. See, there I didn't know. I, all I ever knew is he had cancer. 
And he, according to, I don't know, this is what I've read, so may correct me if I'm wrong or, or write in and tell me I'm wrong. But he basically denied it and did very little about it and immediately went to alternatives. He didn't, maybe because he went to his doctor and they said, you got zero, you got 95% chance you're going to die or whatever it was. He immediately started on a quest to find other alternative, I don't know what he tried, mind, body, healing, Eastern medicine, diet, whatever he did, but he was predisposed not to just accept medical advice, but to go outside. I'm Steve Jobs. I, I'm breaking the boundaries every day of what's possible. I'm looking for new things. I'm going to find something new I'm going to do. And in the end, there were many that criticized him and said he, rather than seeking treatment, like, for example, maybe chemotherapy or something, he delayed that and put that off, and then it was too late, and he died. And some say um, that if you don't accept Start with accepting science and facts and rush off in a search for something that's other, alternative. You may lose the battle because most of the doctors come in and say, try everything. Give us a try. Let us do what we want to do. And if you want to try things in addition to it, great. But don't give up some of the basic things. Like you did chemotherapy in the beginning, right? I did. And as far as Steve Jobs, I can't say that, you know, I don't know what he did and what his decisions was based on. He may have tried traditional medicine and looked into alternative. I really don't know. But that's what I was heard. And that, and he certainly covered it up from the stockholders and other people. I don't think that's in denial. People were shocked when he suddenly came on stage and he was so thin and everything. And, and they covered up. And, and there was a fear that people would, the stock would tumble because the stock was tied to him. Maybe that was true. So part of it was they were trying to hide it. I see the same thing. I don't know what kind of cancer King Charles has, but the fact that yeah, kind of keep it quiet and we don't we don't want to we don't want to admit that something bad's happening until we absolutely have to because that hits public confidence and everything and the rulers and the leaders. That's another sort of subject. But I I guess there's a hesitancy to immediately embrace science. There is a there is a wish or a desire built into modern Americans today. I hear what you're saying. I'm going to try something else. I yeah I I guess because you know am I just overstating that or does everybody immediately go when you go to the doctor and he says this is what it is here's what I want you to do you say absolutely yes sir you're the expert tell me what I got to do and then only later maybe you say well maybe I'll add to it and try some other things on my own. I would probably because that's probably the, what I did in the beginning is you know my doctor was not experienced with pancreatic cancer but what he did do is reach out to two that he'd gone to school with who were at John Hopkins and the Mayo Clinic and asked them, you know, what do I do with her? I have this unique patient. What do I do with her? And so he followed their lead. And in the beginning, I did too. Whatever they told me to do, I did. And I didn't really, I mean, I questioned, yes, the side effects and how it would affect and whatnot. But I really didn't think about alternative use either until sometime later. And it was just when I tried those alternatives, then I noticed a change. And I can't say definitely because there's no really... Scientific proof, proof right? other than, yeah, you, know, you can see my test results changed. But you stopped but, taking chemo at some point in time? Um, well, I stopped chemo only because the doctors, after I had added something, you know, some um, alternative medicine to it, they noticed that the tumor had become dormant. So why keep giving me right. chemo that's going to affect other parts of my body? So had it not been that way, and maybe I'm making a case for too, maybe there are too few people to do this, but I think I would probably be one of those people. Tumor's still raging and going. And do you stop science and pers- because you don't trust it, you don't believe it, you don't accept it, the facts, 
and just immediately go to alternate. It could be a better case. My sister-in-law, who's very active, vegan advocate, uh, all this stuff. Her first impulse is not to accept anything. She's at the other extreme. The doctor says it must be wrong uh, because they got everything upside down. So she would try everything. She would do, the last thing she would do would be chemo, not the first thing she would do would be chemo. She'd try everything before she could, and only if that was not working would she probably give in and try science. That's the opposite of what my parents would have done. My parents would never have tried anything other than what the doctor said. Only as a final result, they'd try acupuncture or whatever Ayurvedic medicine or something. Here, that would only be a, the last. Thing, not the first thing. And I guess that's what I'm getting to. How, what do you, what's your sense of, you got the finger on the pulse of this community. Is it somewhere in the middle, or do people first want to go try something else and then try science, or do they immediately embrace science and then add to it later? Like you I did? think for, for most survivors and patients that I personally know and deal with, they do, you know, with the science first, they, they do the chemo or the radiation or whatever it is that the doctor is suggesting, and then maybe add something to it, mostly for, I think, like for the discomfort, like the nausea that mm. you might be going through, or then the rothopy you might be going through. And the just amount to of get, pills that you have to take. Yeah, just to get into, you know, a mind frame, then they may, you know, choose to do meditation or something, you know, different. But I think in general, most, like I said, my experience with the people that I deal with, they're going to do the science first, and then maybe add the alternative more for, and what feeling. would you tell somebody like my sister-in-law? Oh, sorry to beat her up, but I think she would do this <laughs> if she said no. I, that was kind of the gist of what I got Steve Jobs. He he was told, this is what it is, and we need to do this. He said, no, that's the last thing I'm going to do. I will do other things first. And then that the tumor grew. It got worse. It didn't get better. And when it got worse, that's when he finally gave in, and some said too late. Now, maybe I'm creating a narrative that doesn't exist. Maybe that's not the truth of what happened there. But I can tell you there are people like that, my sister-in-law would have been one of them, who would put off the science until the very end. And I think, you know, unfortunately, in my opinion... Because they've lost for, faith in it, they don't believe in it, uh, whatever. They have different feelings about it. For myself, if I would have waited till the end or to do something else first, especially with this cancer because it is so aggressive and can move forward very quickly... I wouldn't be sitting here. I mean, I have to right. give the faith in the science that I that I was given. I may not agree with everything with it, but I think that did you know keep me going and mm -hmm. and help me to to get further to where I can make other decisions. So I think putting off and not not taking it really seriously when you're being told something like that. And I hate to say it's a mistake because it's for everybody has to. to <laughs> See, we're back. Everybody's going to make their own decision. <laughs> yeah, everybody's going to do everybody's, what's right. For everybody's them. an expert. Everybody knows what to do. Well, plus I don't want to put I don't want to put unnecessary guilt on somebody yeah. who's facing an illness because when you're told something or like my dad, they told him he should have stopped smoking years ago. You know, that wasn't something. Well, how's that, that helpful? Yeah, at this exactly. Point? <laughs> that wasn't something. So I I I want to take the guilt away from a patient or survivor because you, you already feel guilty for getting sick. Yeah. But for somebody to make you feel like, well, if you would do you have feel, done what I never I heard anybody you, say that. Do you feel guilty that you got sick? Of course. Feel? Of course. Because it changes not only my life, it's changed my family's oh, life. Yeah. So I'm it, sorry. I did this, right? Well, yeah. you try, And you do. You try to look at, okay, what could I have done differently? What did I do to bring it on? For me, they say, of course, you know, it's, every cancer is smoking is a factor. But I, I'm not a smoker, so... I don't know where that came from, but you know, just to to put that blame on somebody—it's it, it's it's your fact. It's your it, you're the blame because you're short. 
<laughs> there you go. Short is the cause of all of this. And if you'd only pushed yourself or grow a little bit more here, then you could have avoided this. Well, I was told <laughs> you tall people, it's because God had, to, God had to keep working on you to make you perfect. So, oh, um, ouch. So. That's probably truth in that. <laughs> They got you right quickly, and they had to keep uh, adding to us and trying to fix That's the model. Right. That's right. So you need to be short and feisty to get through life. So I um, just, I, again, I maybe I'm going down a path that it's pointless, but I know of people in my life, I might be one of them, those people in my life, that would avoid the facts, that would search for an alternative, and would only come back to traditional treatments once I'd exhausted everything else and I was desperate, which is the opposite of what I grew up with. My parents would have done everything science could find and more uh, uh give me put me in the trials put me everything here and that uh, then and only then would they go to the alternative stuff i'll try i'll stand on my head i'll go to a witch doctor i'll do anything at that point in time to try it here i think if i were being diagnosed today i think i would approach it a little bit differently because when i was diagnosed there was just like there was no time there was no time to stop and think about anything yeah, or ask true. any questions i started my chemo within two weeks of being diagnosed which wow. is very quick so I think if I were to get that same diagnosis today, though, I wouldn't I wouldn't think about it for too long, but I would ask questions about other forms. But you wouldn't put it off for two years or something? Until no, no. I, well, with pancreatic cancer, you can't do that, really. Right. Um, it if grows you're so aggressively. Very much so. So as soon as you get that, that diagnosis, you need to start making a plan with your family, with your team, find out all the information you can, and, and still, like I say, make the best decision that feels best to you. If you want to go the whole scientific and that's what you want to do, do it and don't let anybody feel you guilt. Let make you feel guilty for doing it. If you want to try alternative first, I don't think that would be my best answer. But again, I don't want to make anybody feel like they're doing something wrong because you have to do what feels right. Really, what feels right to you. So we're back to feeling. If that comes down to know, feeling right? again versus fact, they're going to say, "Well, the fact is, you need to start and say, I don't know. For me, that doesn't feel right." And I think for me, because I did listen to my my inner self or whatever, that probably has gotten me through a lot. But again, it's like it's and I hate to keep saying it, but you do. You have to do the best thing for you. You have to be your own best advocate. So whatever the doctor tells you and you can't avoid going and putting your head in the sand and being an ostrich. That's well, that's just what like, I want to do. Well, you can't do that. I'm going to tell you that. right now. <laughs> that's because, what I want to do. Because, I'll talk about it tomorrow, next year, next week. I want to know everything I have to deal with with pancreatic cancer, but I don't need you to beat me up with it every time. I don't need right. to have the doctor tell me, oh, well, you know, you're still here. I'm really surprised or, or whatever. It's, you know, <laughs> Would they like, say that to you? Oh, my God. I well, yes. They, they <laughs> <laughs> She's still here? Well, son of a gun, look at you. You're still alive. <laughs> yeah, we, never, we, we didn't think we'd see you again. I guess I lost the pool bet in the office here. <laughs> there you go. I'll take a bet to see how long we have, but it's just... You know, you cannot mess around with this cancer. You just can't. Clearly. As soon as you get that diagnosis, start making your plan. Start doing the research. But be careful where you research. Get as much information as you can from the doctors. Go to some of these nonprofits that are very what I hear you say is get as much information as you can, and question everything you want to question. Don't just accept anything blindly. But that means don't throw anything out automatically either, like science, and say, "Well, I'm not going to try that for a while." I think you've got to take this serious. Science has got to be part of it. This one, I'm maybe I'm, I'm pushing in a direction I want to hear, but uh, it seems like science has got to be part of it, but it can't be the end all. Which is to say that the opposite of what most people say. Most people say, well, of course I'm going to start with science. I'm going to hear what the doctor has to say, and then I'm going to add to that. But I think more and more there are people out there today that outwardly reject science, outwardly accept experts, outwardly distrust doctors and pills and procedures. And perhaps 
dismiss the benefit of that knowledge and experience and what that brings to it too. And, and I, again, maybe that's kind of what I heard about Steve Jobs, but that was just anecdotally, I don't know nobody close to it. That was kind of the story floating through the thing. If that's not Steve Jobs' story, I can predict there are other people out here that probably is the story. Put it off, not gonna face it, or simply not gonna treat, accept science, doctors, pills, other things, until I've exhausted all these other alternatives that I somehow trust and believe in and feel better about than I do about medical science. Well, again, like I don't want to, you know, put any guilt on anybody and make them feel, <laughs> you know, like they're wrong in what they do because again, you have to do really what does feel right to you. You have to listen to your instincts and a lot of times your instincts are right. So, you know, if it's telling you to do something But what if they're wrong? Well, wrong in whose view and whose opinion? In an objective sense, you think all chemotherapy's bad, all drugs are bad. I'm not going to try any of these things. There are people out there who won't take vaccines and other sorts of things today that just distrust, discount every sort of, you say a drug and they say no. Well, you have to, I think one thing you have to look at is every time you turn around, you have all these experts who tell you this, but then it changes just like we were talking about earlier. I, I, you know? I understand why they get there because I'm kind of there too. You know, uh, oh my God, this drug's safe. And then all of a sudden, oh, this drug's dangerous or this drug has a side effect or other sorts of things. So there is, it, I think we've built in a certain there's a danger of going to the other extreme and just throwing everything out except your feelings and not being willing to look at so-called facts because we're confused or they change or or we've had bad experiences or we just we don't seem to accept experts anymore here you know every drug you take whether it's chemotherapy or for high blood pressure or for whatever illness everything is going to have a side effect so you need to look at the side effects look at what you're going through and try to judge what is the best thing for you. Right. You know, I mean, if, yeah, there's side effects to chemo. I, I take a cholesterol pill, which is one of the common ones. I can tell me the name of it. Pack, you'll tell me the name of it, whatever, you know, to Lipitor or something like there that, you go, right? Yeah. And because uh, I've had high cholesterol, it's not diet. They know that. It's not anything. It's, it must be some hereditary thing because I'm not filling my diet with all sorts of cholesterol things. I'm not. We've gone through, we exhausted all the things I could control over this, but there seems to be a persistent, very high level thing. It's like the HDL or whatever the bad one is. And so I, for years, didn't take a, a cholesterol, a statin, as they call it, or a mm. cholesterol lowering drug, because there were other reports I read and people say, this stuff will kill you. This stuff's bad for you. And my doctor's like, so I know high cholesterol is bad for you. And you may not think these statins are safe or good or whatever, but what's the alternative? And that's what I searched for for many years. And finally I gave in and I've been taking a statin. I don't know. I'm still here. So did I do the right thing or did I do the wrong thing? Well, I wake up in 10 years and say, ah, see, you're one of those people, the statins would killed you instead of saving you. I don't know. We're not going to know it to the end, I guess, here. Well, if you've been on it for a while, I would say at least it looks like it's probably doing you some good. Right. But, you but know, I fought it for a long time. And that was... I sometimes think silly because I don't have any proof of that, but I don't have any proof. I don't know what's proof anymore. Tell me. Well, proof. you're still here, so there I'm must still be here. Some proof. <laughs> <laughs> right, but so I think there's a debate when some people are saying statins will kill you, and some people say statins are the only thing to save you. And then, of course, everybody else says, "Well, there must be something else you could do," and that's what they, something else. The door number three is what I kept looking for. Well, a lot of times those things, like you say, if it's hereditary, a diet's not going to do a whole lot for you, but that is, is something that you right. can consider as well. But, you know, you have to look at, I think, yes, everything has a side effect. You have to look at it and outweigh that side effect versus your life. 
Okay, and then when they're looking at side effects, they're looking a lot of times at a small percentage. It's not a, a large percentage, but because of legal issues, they have to let you know yeah. all everything that could happen. The whole with vaccine this thing. Yeah, there's clearly people that die from vaccines. They have are terrible reactions from vaccines, but what's a tiny percentage apparently? So you're going to roll the dice and hope you're one of those. Are you willing to give your kids rubella rumps or whatever? It is? What's the three? A rubella? I forgot the three now. Here. Yeah, it's been rubella, mumps, and something. Something. Yeah, whatever. There's too three. long. And and some parents are readjusting and saying, no, no, no. There's discussion, feelings that somehow maybe this leads to. Um, oh, I'm not, not ready for this discussion. What's the thing that kids go off in their own world? Oh, I knew to you. Said. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what I'm talking about here. Yeah. That it causes not not ADD. Worse than that. Oh, sorry. Just totally blanking here. But anyway, that it causes terrible side effects. You know, you had all these people like Jenny McCarthy and I said, don't take any of these vaccines. It's going to lead to autism. That's what it's going to lead to autism. Put kids on the spectrum because her child is autistic and she felt it was because of the drugs that the mercury or whatever is in them that caused her child to be autistic. And many people push back and said, there's no proof of that. For this. It's really, really tiny percentage. She's like, I'm just telling you, that's what I feel, and that's what I'm doing. Based on my feelings, that's what my actions are going to dictate. We're coming to a place where people are resistant to try drugs and science until they have no other choice. Their first choice is not listening to the doctor, and that's the complete opposite of the way I grew up. I think you're somewhere in the middle. I think the sensible, for me, the sensible position would be somewhere in the middle to accept all these things and, and create your own cocktail and balance and what feels right for you. But there are some, I think, that I fear reject all science just as there are those who reject all alternatives. I don't know. I just think it's wise to take everything into consideration, look at it all, look where it is, where you are with it, what you're willing to go through and, and deal what with. What you're willing to go through, yeah. You know, right. that's a lot of it because, you know, the side effects of, of chemo, they're not, they're no fun. Or you talked about the uh, the Whipple surgery. Some I asked you at the time, do ever people who qualify for the Whipple say no when they hear about the side effects? I haven't run across anybody yet, but that would be really interesting to talk to somebody who did. Because it's, it's yeah. extreme. Go back and play some of those episodes. They're rewiring all your plumbing, and you have sort of permanent digestive issues for the rest of your life and and other sorts of things. Most people that I've talked to that have had the Whipple, I, I want to say probably all of them have said, yes, I, I even going through what I've gone through, I would do it again. Right. But I think it would be interesting to hear the other side of it as well. As somebody who said, no, I didn't want to go through that, or somebody that even says... I did it and I wish now I hadn't. Yeah. Um, right. Just not because we're trying to discourage it, but I just think it's important to have all the, as much information as you can when you're making these decisions. That's the key. We all believe in more is better. The more you know, the more you can decide and the more, more better it's going to be probably. Well, that's not going to happen if you're going to be an ostrich and put your head well, in the Well, that's me. I, I, my reaction is I don't want to hear about it anymore here. But you know, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of patients do when they get that diagnosis of pancreatic cancer, a lot of them don't want to hear anymore because unfortunately there's been so much bad press yeah. out there that nobody survives or that the survival rate, you know, is what it is that they just don't want to deal with it, which I, I understand. But at the same time, if you don't just take that chance, how do you know? Maybe you're going to be that one that's going to be in the positive statistic. I think we're so, so overloaded, whether it's politics, whether it's. You well, want to get on that politics. I know that I'm wound up about politics here, but, but it, Somehow it's created a either a shutdown, I'm overloaded, I don't want to hear anything, I don't want to talk about it anymore, or a disbelief in everything we hear. Yeah. 
I guess that's the the takeaway. Well, like I said, I want to know everything when I first was diagnosed. I wanted to know everything, the good, bad, the ugly, same with the chemo, what I was going to go through, how it was going to feel. But once I get that information, that doesn't mean it has to be there continuously. Just to have the knowledge to know what it is, to, what to expect. So when something happens, it's not a surprise or I'm wondering. But you just have to take all the information you can, what you can deal with, because not everybody be honest not everybody can deal with knowing everything yeah but i just have to have everything on the on the table see what my cards are and then play it from there and just do the best of what i can with my information who am i to doubt you it's worked (laughs) you had people come in and say you're the inspiration you're what they're looking for and and whether it's whether it's luck at the draw or 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 your philosophy and your approach it's certainly worth hearing and certainly worth considering because it's worked for you it's worked for me but you know it's like Mindset is important, but I've also known many, many survivors who are no longer with us who probably wanted to live as much, maybe more, yeah. and who I feel were more deserving. They should still be here. They were a better person in my feelings than I am. So why are they not still here? And that's um, a topic for another day. That's the that's the corollary. That's the other one that goes along with this. Not only fact versus feelings. What do you feel? How do you feel about this? What are you willing to do? What do you not want to do? It's that amazing connection between mind-body connection, which either we all sort of believe is there somehow, but doesn't seem to have a lot of scientific support for it, but is attitude, is can you will yourself to live, can you will yourself to die, and how much of that having a positive attitude is important. You had that one doctor that came on and said, absolutely, won't even touch anybody if they don't have a positive attitude. Yeah, and I do believe that, you know, whatever your faith is, it's important. It's important to have that, whether you believe in God or something else, it's important for you to have that faith, continue with it throughout your treatment and your lifetime with it. Okay. it's a journey. It's a journey so that you will take So we're going in this funny area of feelings versus fact here. We can't prove a lot of this stuff. We don't know why it works or how it works or what the combination is. We generally all seem to have a same similar feeling, whether we doubt science or we believe science, whether we want to hear it or we don't want to hear it there that there's somehow it's ultimately up to us to make the decision because it's your life i think so because you've whatever science or whatever you're looking at you can have one science fact but you'll find something that will dispute it so you know you always have something so you just have to take everything in consideration do as much research as you can Believe in yourself, you know, believe in your medical team as well. Believe in the people that are there you too. You gotta believe in the, whatever team it is you put together, whether it's witch doctors or real doctors, you better believe in them, you better trust them, and you better wanna work with them and support them. I don't think you can get anywhere on your own here. And if you don't have that relationship or what your doctor's telling you is something you're not agreeing with and you're not understanding and you can't get the answer that's best for you, you need to go somewhere else. You need yeah. to get that second opinion. That's a pretty radical thing you're suggesting there. I know, <laughs> and I know a lot of hospitals don't like that, Woo. but you know, you have you have to get that second opinion, third opinion, fourth, whatever it is for you to get you through this and, and make your decision, you have to do it. So don't be afraid of stepping on somebody's toes. Um, I'm a bad dance partner because I've stepped on many, but you know what? <laughs> It's my dance and it's my choice to do it how I want to do it. Well, it's been a great hour, 45 minutes. We went way too long in this one here. It's a great discussion. It's a timely discussion and it's one we've never had before. So thank you. Take us out. Anything you want to say on the way out here? As long as you speak my name, I shall live forever is dedicated to Dora Space, who was a short survivor, but was still very impressionable. And I wish her and family well and hope they're still doing well with getting through this time. Okay.
Well, there you have it. Kind of an open, frank discussion about how do you feel about this whole thing? And how much should that matter? We hope you feel good enough to come back and hear more because that's the point of this discussion is to bring it all out in the open. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. And if you've been listening to Living Hope, a weekly show about hope and inspiration and education, we hope you'll share it. That's a part of it. And if you have to share your own story, we'd like that even better. You can contact us, bring you on. And most importantly, if you know anybody that needs help right now, they're confused. They don't know what to do, where to go, what to believe, what not to believe. Start by calling somebody like PanCan. Patient services at 8772-PANCAN. For more information, that's the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. For all the other networks that exist out there, try one of those. Come back and tell us how it works. And by all means, keep talking. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center.